0: So I kind of had a knack for that, but then from there, it was really fun to try and solve problems that there wasn't an option for on the market, or that had just crappy options for on the market. Uh, Like, my first car I ever got was a Ford Aerostar, but I liked to off-road, so I was like, well, shoot, there are not any lift kits for this minivan there's not any big tires for it either. So from there, I just started designing my own lift kit and built it up and made my own thing. I solved my own problem. Um, One thing leads to another and it's something I'm addicted to is just taking something that's already in existence and changing it into something better.
1: Welcome to the Silicon Slopes Life Podcast. I'm Andrew Diaz, and each month I bring you the heartwarming, interesting, and fun stories from the people that make the Silicon Slopes community a place to call home. Hey there, everybody. Thanks for joining me on this one. I've been wanting to do this for a while. This is with This is with Levi Ellis. He has been a friend of mine since uh, we moved here to Alpine. Oh, it's been about six years now. Um, And I even knew him before that. My wife grew up next to him when he was uh, just a little kid, and I think even taught him how to swim. Uh, He's a great guy, a very kind-hearted artist and engineer that works at Vanderhall Motors now. And I saw Vanderhall Motors on Jay Leno's Garage, and um, found out that Levi was working there as one of their engineers for one of the first cars they put out on the line. And it was really important for me to get him on there because I wanted to hear all about what's going on over there—a great car company right here in the Silicon Slopes of Utah, um, of all places. So we get into it a little bit about. Uh, What got him started? What gets his stoke high when it comes to uh, working with with Vanderhall Motors? And um, I hope you guys enjoy it. So Shaquille O'Neal can fit into a Vanderhall
0: automobile. When it's stretched, yeah. (laughs)
1: Hey, man, that guy's 7'4". Like,
0: to fit in one of those, that's impressive. Jeremy Renner... Well, they did a good job of taking this picture to where it doesn't look as terrible as it really looks. <laughs> because the exhaust goes this far, but they stretched it right after the exhaust, so the exhaust oh, hole. I out see what air. you're saying.
1: So they stretched it beyond like it's they like cut it, stretched it, uh lengthwise.
0: Yeah, see we have one bolt and then that bolt they added in a whole extra
1: oh, Okay. Uh,
0: that space. Wow. Yeah, it's... For his giantness.
1: For his giantness, Shaquille (laughs) (laughs) O'Neal.
0: That's so funny. Shaq, he's huge. All
1: right, man. Rude. There is a uh, Mary Oliver poem that uh, says, "In part of it, tell me what you want from this one wild and precious life. And... um, It made me think about uh, about you in particular because you care. uh, You could care a little bit about everything, or you could care a whole lot about a few things. Yeah, you you know what I mean. Does that make sense?
0: You can either be good at something or be a jack of all things. A jack
1: of all trades, right? And I'm more of the jack of all trades. I'm not really great at any one thing, (laughs) but I'm pretty good. Like when I played sports, I was okay at like most sports. I could, I could play the game, but I was never like, you know, on the A team for any sport. I was always like, I I was the water guard in in basketball. (laughs) I I could cover, I could cover space. Um, I feel you
0: there. I was decent at sports until they told me I couldn't do snowboarding. And then I'm like, okay, I just want to be good at snowboarding. (laughs) But
1: with, with one of the things that I've really, you know, appreciated about you is you are really good at what you're doing here at Vanderhall um, you've you've done it even before you showed up here even before you got your degree at BYU you were doing things that were that pertain to engineering and, and creating kind of your art like I think of engineering and I don't think of an artist you know like Most I think people it, don't yeah, yeah they just don't they have different mindsets your mind works completely different. You think of like a, a mathematician or architects, that kind of thing. I guess architects you think about about art, but but with an engineer I just don't think about an artist. But that's one hundred percent what you are. Like knowing just knowing you before you became the an engineer here. Like, if if people were to say, Well, what's Levi like? I'm like, Oh, that guy is like the epitome of an artist. Like you have an artist's heart, you know what I mean? Awesome um yeah does that
0: make does that ring true with you i mean have you ever felt like that about yourself 100 percent. i mean even back in school um i started out in mechanical engineering and realized wow this is too much number crunching for me Uh i'm not interested in just figuring out the density of some material like i don't care about that if it doesn't have some kind of beautiful function Uh uh-huh And so I I quit mechanical engineering and then went straight to industrial design, which is very much the exact opposite of engineering. So I started doing things there, and the art side of it was really great, but sketching, I wasn't good at it. I'm not, with a pencil, not so great.
1: Right. Is that when the computer stuff comes in? Is that, like, it makes it easier for you to create what you see in your head? Exactly.
0: Yeah, because drawing it doesn't work out so well. Uh, for me, and so when I started taking some graphic design classes, that made a lot of sense. But my teachers in industrial design were like, you know what, industrial designers, you have to sketch. So you should probably think about finding your niche somewhere else. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's discouraging. Um, and I just looked around for well, what's the next thing because I, I want to design stuff and I want I really love function and form and how they combine together. So then I found manufacturing engineering, which was great because yeah, it's an engineering degree and yeah, I had to take calculus four times before I passed it, but goodness, I don't have to do all the thermodynamics and stuff that I don't really care about and I could focus more on function with form yeah so that's where I stayed um, graduated and you, in that how when did you graduate this how, how uh, long have you been out of college 2016 so it's it been wow. just about three years coming up in April
1: and you started with them in March of this of 2018 with yeah Vanderhall
0: yeah so what's that now 10 months
1: so how is that how do you go from graduating um with your degree, and then, I mean, did you know somebody here at Hall Motors? Or were they like, hey, we're looking for engineers to help us with, um, you know, new R&D or development? Like,
0: what are... None of those options, actually. I was trying those. I was going to online, trying to find job openings, and they just could not find anything. So I tried the LinkedIn thing. Trying to find somebody that I could link up with and say, hey, put in a good word. I want to work there. Yeah. Nothing. So what I did on my lunch breaks was I'd bring some nice clothes and a tie. And on my lunch break, I would just leave my work. And I'd show up here at Vanderhall, kick down the door and like, hey, (laughs) where do you want me to work? This is awesome. And they... You know kicked me out a couple times before I got to actually talk to somebody.
1: Did you put together like a work file, like, hey, here's, here are some things I've done, you know, like a portfolio, and bring it um, to them? Or, or were you just the mad scientist knocking on the door?
0: <laughs> I just I guess the mad scientist, uh, I brought my resume.
1: Yeah.
0: And I figured I just got to get someone to talk to me because then I could kind of tell them, right things I've done and maybe they'd be interested in in that but it, it turned out that after coming several times I met up with um one of the directors here and he's like well we're looking for a guy that can run our laser our CNC laser but we we're only paying like really cheap for a guy like that. And that was discouraging because it would have been a huge pay cut from where I was already not making tons of money at my previous job. <laughs> and, and But I felt real good about it. I'm like, okay, yeah, um, I'd like to do that. And he's like, well, you're kind of overqualified, so I don't really think we want you. I'm like, dang it. So that went on for a little while, and I just I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. But a month later, he ends up extending me the job offer to run the laser which I know how to do because I was helping out with uh, c and at my previous job and as I walked in for that final accept the job interview, um, I met the, the CEO and owner of this place and after a few words he found out I knew SolidWorks pretty well and was like, oh here, come into my office, uh, I think I want you to do R&D instead. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's like the same day I was already getting upgraded to. You know, that's like that's
1: a good message, man. I think a lot of people feel like, you know, I'm I think a lot of people that feel overqualified for jobs tend to not take the the pay cut or take the the downgrade in the job thinking that there won't be uh, upward mobility, but I mean, you're the kind of guy that you were like, I'm going to kick butt at this CNC thing so hard that they're going to have to at some point they're going to go we we've got something special here. Like even if you did that for months, you were prepared to do that and and you probably I mean it would have been obvious after a while what a great, you know, employee they had and and then moved you up the up the ladder.
0: That would have been my hope for sure, but yeah, it turned out better than that. Even <laughs> got
1: yeah, like day one. That's great, man. So what do you think about what about Vanderhall Motors um, so a little bit, uh, give us a little background because from what I've known, I mean, you've worked on, on, uh, repairing my cars as far as <laughs> like, uh, uh, doing a lot with automobiles and motorcycles, give a little bit of background on that and, and how that kind of makes working here at a, you know, Utah's only, um, car, you know, building plant, uh, how that kind of coincides and makes this almost like a dream job for you.
0: Yeah, um, I guess it all started when I was about 12 years old. Um, I was apprenticing for a guy who I love a lot, shout out to Roger Liston. Um, I was hanging out with him for probably, well, all the way until my mission, and he was just teaching me all sorts of things, It it was absolutely amazing, the guy's brilliant. Um, I learned a lot, he taught me how to weld and I took those skills and from there he really encouraged creativity and so I was always trying to come up with new things and design stuff or make a new part to fix a problem that maybe has been around for you know decades with certain motorcycles or something. So My brain got going in that direction and it was already keen in that direction anyway because we had a woodpile out back that I'd go and make my own weapons with. And, <laughs> um, so I kind of had a knack for that. But then from there, it was really fun to try and solve problems that there wasn't an option for on the market or that had just crappy options for on the market. Uh, like my first car I ever got was a Ford Aerostar. But I like to off-road, so it's like, well, shoot, there are not any lift kits for this minivan. There's not any big tires for it either. So from there, I just started designing my own lift kit and built it up and made my own thing. I solved my own problem. Um, one thing leads to another, and it's something I'm addicted to. Is just taking something that's already in existence and changing it into something better that's awesome which is exactly what vanderhall does there's a lot of technologies that are already out there like our a lot of our powertrain comes from gm and different pieces that we get here and there but then mixing it all together into a vehicle that is completely cohesive is is where it, it gets real tricky and where it, you have to be creative
1: one of the things i'm as you know i'm not a car guy. Like, I don't know how all those pieces all kind of work together. I love the aesthetic of really beautiful cars. And and Vanderhall makes a really classy, classy looking car. Like, like I said before, I was just when I saw the saw it on Jay Leno's garage, I was like, how is that like you see other three wheel vehicles and they look like you're they're trying to be the Batmobile and this looks more like an old like something James Dean would drive around in. And that's, to me, like that's the coolest of cool. Um, but from a car perspective, like I, one of the things I noticed and a friend of mine who's a, a kind of a car nut, he's built his own, he's done his own Cobra, he's built up his own Cobra through a kit and, and his father does a lot of um, car remodeling and that type of thing. He noticed the um, suspension arms being so much smaller than, like, the, are those custom, are those something that you guys engineered? Yes. To make, to keep the car, he said, and J was gross, so it could keep it lower, but how did you like, how did you go from, okay, here's how a normal suspension works, but we're gonna shrink that down basically to a third of the size, if not more, to make this thing ride a little bit lower? How do you do that without
0: throwing off a million different variables? That's where the engineers have a heyday. (laughs) That's that's nuts. (laughs) Because with the suspension, for example, we still have the same suspension travel, except that it goes in a different direction. As the wheel goes up, it turns a hub that then springs the shocks uh, laterally. So... This is a, a kind of technology that actually you can see in a lot of downhill mountain bikes. Oh, cool. Where it's got a pivot point. Yeah. The wheels push up and it pivots and then p- compresses a shock that's horizontal. It's exactly what my bike does. It has
1: like this uh, bracket arm in the middle, and then I've got you have got the shock, and then yeah, it just spreads everything out this way. So if, once I hit down, it suppresses all of the energy from that point, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah.
0: Same thing we're doing here, and the, the reason why we needed to do that was most cars have the shocks just going vertically right in line with mm-hmm. of the travel of the wheel. But now that makes the hood really tall, because you have all this travel, and the top of the coilover has to be under the hood somewhere. But now if you just tip that over, you can drop the level of the hood down.
1: And I would imagine you could get as much travel as you'd need if you're using that kind of dynamic as you would with a, like like the mountain bike example. I mean, not that you'd need that much, but I bet you could even add more than you'd ever need at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, there are
0: you, factors that change it, but within reason, yeah, you can yeah. add as much as we never You were saying
1: made. these things ride pretty tight, like a really tight car as far as suspension goes, like sporty, kind like of a sporty Like as sporty feel. as you can get, yeah. kind of ride... I'm looking forward to um, a, test ride, a right? test ride next summer when we go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: The, the suspension is designed like that for control, really, because if, if the body has any roll in it, then that back tire will slide out. And as it goes onto a corner, of, it's, it's a wide tire, but if the body rolls, then it rides on a corner, and you get exponentially smaller amounts of traction.
1: So have you guys done tests on that? Because that's the one thing that I looked at it on the video. I was like, what if you're like burning into a corner? Like, is there a, a maximum where, it'll, like, is there anything engineering with that that keeps it from doing that, from spinning out? Or can you spin it out? Have you tried?
0: Um, I know you probably have. You know, it's it's easy on the snow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. As long as your your surface is not gravelly or something like that, then you can pretty well keep your traction due to how the suspension's designed. That's cool. Um,
1: so, last year, how many years have has Vanderwall been creating cars and selling them on the market? Since when?
0: Um, they became a business in twenty ten, but didn't start selling cars until I believe. 2015 or 2016 okay with the laguna model and a lot
1: of that i would imagine is getting making sure that you're getting past epa and all of the government uh, regulations to build a car i would imagine a lot of that's like a lot of different um, versions of a car so you make sure you get it cleared and street legal in 50 states is is that the bulk of that time period, do you think?
0: Yeah, coming up with a good design that was actually worth selling, I think, was most of what that time was. Um, but the reason for a three-wheeler is there aren't as many hoops to jump through, since it is classified as a auto cycle or motorcycle, more or less. Right. You don't have to have the airbags or wiper blades even if you don't want them. right.
1: Um, So over the last, say, three years is when they've done the bulk of their sales?
0: For sure, yeah.
1: Do you know how many sold last year? Like a general number?
0: Um, I think it was just under 1,000.
1: Okay. And uh, what are the projections for 2019?
0: Uh, Hoping to get 1,500 or better.
1: Okay. And is that why the move over to the new new, um, facility is so that you can expand out without... Having difficulty with, like you were saying earlier when we were talking, going around the, going around this place that you're, they're going to add in their own powder coating section, which you now have to send out, and also um, something else. The
0: thermoforming as well.
1: Yeah, so that's all going to be in house now. Is that going to allow for that growth? Is that why? Is that the whole reason? For sure, because yeah. this place is
0: huge. Yeah, and we're, we've already outgrown it. We need more welding stations. We need another laser for cutting the aluminum. And how many people are working here right now? Uh, I don't know the exact number, but I would say 50 or so.
1: So there's some growth there that's going to really open up some spaces for other people here in Utah from a, a, a bit job-wise, right? I, oh, for sure. I would imagine
0: for sure vanderhall's always looking for new employees
1: that's great that's great i love that it's a utah-based uh kind of homegrown he's from from utah right or went to school at byu is that right um uh, i think so the yeah ceo and and bringing in talent from utah i i think that's a really cool story and something that everybody in town should support And and really i mean i just found out about him this year there's there just hasn't been enough, um, you know. Uh, frankly, kind of chest pounding for the company. It's a really neat company, and not a lot of people I think locally know about it. You, I think it's time to like get that out more, you know. I Do some more agree events, more. <laughs> like you know. I mean, maybe
0: uh, there's like, a lot of people in my neighborhood that have never heard of Vanderhall. Yeah, but that that's about to change because we just recently got our only. Uh, dealership. Well, now we have two dealerships in Utah, but it was just this year that we got a dealership here in Utah. Here is it a Robo. is
1: it their own specific dealership, like a Porsche, Audi, or is it they do they go to like one that's already existing, like because I could see you guys. You're at the level as as far as like cool factor, where you could go into like an Audi, the Audi Porsche dealer at the Point of the Mountain, and be like, "Will you sell these things?" Because I would imagine that it's a similar. Client base.
0: Yeah, we we're doing that sort of thing across okay. the U.S. and into other countries as well currently. That's great. Um, the The debate has been whether or not Utah was a, a viable market for the product since winter and. Yeah, all of that. You know, as well. I
1: think it's getting there though. I mean, I see enough people driving around our neighborhood that are in, you know, what I would consider uh toy not toys but you know what i mean yeah. like you know they it's there it's it's the garage car right or, <laughs> it, or in the fifth garage you know or down the road kind of thing there's enough of there's enough of those out there now but i think it'd be and, and then park city too would be a cool market to jump into
0: yeah and there's a lot of people that are big into boats right and that's even that's even a smaller window yeah. of, of the year yeah and they spend a lot more on that than they would on a, a vanderhall that's
1: true. What are the price points for the What's Hall? What's, the, what's like the entry point? And then what's the m- most custom expensive one that, that you guys have?
0: Right. So entry point would be the uh, Venice Speedster, which uh, starts at right around 27000 mm-hmm. and then upgrades from there. Um, the Venice is at $30,000. Carmel is going to be your most expensive one currently, and that one starts at forty. That's really, that's really affordable. Yeah, considering for, for, it. in the in the
1: market space was what? How much does the those Batman ones go for? That I was telling you about.
0: They're a little bit cheaper. Are they? Yeah, they look it. They, <laughs> well, they sound it too with all the rattling plastic, but. Yeah,
1: I just, I hate to bang on them. It's just not. I don't know. I if I'm if I'm buying a three wheel car, like. I want something that looks cool, sounds cool, (laughs) and this is definitely. I mean, this hits it on all points, man.
0: Oh, we got one that also that you'd probably really like if you're into the whole electric car scene. We've got a model called the Edison. It's also (laughs) I like it. Edison. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) And it's all electric. All electric.
1: Does it like move like a like a Tesla does? Like zero to sixty in whatever two seconds or something crazy like that? Is it that kind of speed to it?
0: Yes, it'll it'll smoke our other cars. Really? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, we gotta go out in that. That's cool. What kind of bat is it? Like a lithium ion battery? What is it? The- uh, that's
0: a detail I don't know. Okay. But I imagine something yeah, some kind consistent of with the yeah, it's something that's the same on the market. And do they put them is the
1: Edison in a similar body style as like your Speedster or the Carmel? Can you use the
0: the same body or has it got its own separate body style? Um it's got a few differences, but the chassis is the same, so it's um uh, mostly the same, just okay. a few unique tweaks to make it look like it's a an electric car rather than something else.
1: Cool. Where do you see uh where do you see your, your growth in the company going at all, if anything? Are you just happy continuing to develop what you're developing and, and solving problems and or is there something you'd like to eventually like create your own,
0: you know, the Levi or <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, good question. I, I think it's interesting that right from the get-go, I was put into my dream job of designing my own car and being like CEO says now you own this one make sure it happens and all this and yeah being able to make decisions on how the design's actually going to be that that's been my dream so to hit my dream it's like well I'm I'm good (laughs) yeah what now (laughs) what's next I hope to keep doing this yeah Um, and as the company grows I want to be in that spot yeah um, helping it grow helping with the next models. I, I don't want to have the Speedster be my last model. That yeah. I, design.
1: I mean, that is pretty amazing. Like from day one, it was like, okay, this is yours. Go get to work on it, you know? Yeah, it was and actually
0: like day three, but still. <laughs> it's been a blast. Um, here at Vanderhall, I've kind of been working into a niche within the engineering where I'm doing cosmetics. Um, the owner likes my, uh, artistic guy and I mean, I can't blame him. Of course, I'm partial to it myself. (laughs) Well, you are I mean, from (laughs) an
1: engineer's perspective, you're kind of a, you know, you're a five tool player. You're not, it's not just the, the function, but it's also the, the beauty of it too. You, you, you put that in there and you can see it in from the point when you started to, you know where they started, and, and when you came in, you can see that you've touched that in your own special way, and it's really awesome that they've given you reign to do that. I mean, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely the form portion of it, I get real excited about. The function is fun, but the form is just so exciting. Yeah. To me, to be able to do that, and so I think I really like where I'm going in this um, in this company uh, because I would consider myself uh, an artist that got his engineering degree rather than an engineer that got his engineering degree.
1: I would I would agree with that. I that's perfectly said, yeah.
0: I don't really consider myself an engineer, even though that is technically what I graduated in.
1: Yeah, that's really neat. I like that. So uh, I'm looking forward to a test drive once the sun comes out and the snow goes away um, and we'll go and run around this place a little bit. It'll be fun.
0: It'll be super fun. We'll both blow our long hair in the wind. I got to grow mine out to get close to
1: yours, but <laughs> yeah,
0: let's get the let's get the long hair blowing in the wind. We'll both
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll take a lot of pictures and um, check out Vanderhall. What's the website so people can go and check it out? Wow, uh, vanderhallusa.com vanderhallusa.com And uh, it's a really sleek web uh, website. Actually, you can see all the different uh, all the different iterations of the automobiles they have, as well as um, the episode of Jay Leno's Garage. That's where I found them at. And um, make sure you guys check that stuff out. If you have anybody that's in the market for a a three wheel uh, car, um, go and see what they're doing in Provo at Vanderhall Motors. For any questions or comments on the podcast, please email me at andrew at siliconslopeslife.com. Also, if there's somebody you know that I should interview for the podcast, please email me and let me know.